Hello and welcome to this Innovation Forum podcast with me, Ian Welsh. I'm delighted that joining me today is Tiffany Aries, who's a consultant with the Garment Trust. Welcome to the podcast, Tiffany. Hi, thank you for having me. We're going to talk a bit about corporate net zero planning. So for a bit of context, Tiffany, what do we really mean by net zero? Net zero is when a company has fully measured its value chain emissions. So that's including their scopes one, two and three. They have set near and long term targets, which are aligned with science and are also decarbonizing each year by the required rate of these targets set across their full boundary. In the next zero target year, the company would then also need to compensate for their residual emissions. So the emissions that they haven't been able to decarbonize that are left over at the end. And also, they do have the option to neutralise emissions throughout their journey as well. But this is an optional add-on that that companies can do. Do you think that net zero planning has has really now providing the narrative that allow businesses to properly focus on decarbonisation? It's definitely the most comprehensive guidance that we've ever had. We're really able now to better address the challenges and the sector guidance that we have allows us to support sectors that have specific challenges more thoroughly. There's also definitely a much clearer message in terms of the action that's required from corporates, as well as providing corporates the confidence that actually investing in low carbon technologies, investing in low carbon business models, changing their business models, investing in better product design, new product design, and all sorts of supplier engagement programs and initiatives that reduce emissions within the value chain is really something that is going to pay off and in the long term, likely be almost a requirement for business to operate as the pressures from externals, both from a government level, but also at the consumer level is growing so much. At the Carbon Trust, you've been working on a route to net zero standard. What is this? We have been absolutely working on our route to net zero standard for the last couple of years. And through this, we essentially support many clients in their net zero journeys. And we were getting the ask from our clients who we were already supporting that they really wanted a way that they could communicate the progress that they were making on their net zero journeys. As I've already alluded to, net zero is obviously a long-term concept and a long-term strategy, and it's not something that you can achieve straight away. It's not something corporates can say, we're net zero, for example. It's really something that companies have to put a lot of things in place and, and they have to take lots of actions over time in order to align to it and then eventually achieve it. Businesses really needed a way of being able to communicate that they were actually doing all the right things and they were implementing all the right things in order to align to net zero and be able to communicate that in a credible way that brought credibility to their claims and set them apart in some cases from peers who maybe weren't acting. So this is why we developed the Reach Net Zero standard to support businesses who are serious about net zero to be able to credibly disclose and also to provide them advice along the way around how they could improve their current strategies and how they could decarbonize further as well. There are three certification levels incorporated into the standard. Can you outline what they are and what sort of companies are at each stage? We have a tiered approach, as you've just mentioned, to the standard. As a mission-driven organisation, we really want to be able to support clients who are at varying levels of their journeys. Some of those are very advanced in their sustainability journeys, but we also want to be able to encourage and support those that are just starting out as well. Therefore, the standard is essentially recognising these differences that we have between corporates, but is also trying to push ambition as well. 
along our three tiers, we do have a requirement that companies progress along those tiers. And so pushing ambition in that way. Our leading tier is the highest level of the tier. And this essentially requires a 1.5 degree aligned reductions to be proved across the value chain. Net zero targets to have been set. And also the company must be able to also demonstrate that they have um, leading practices in terms of carbon management. This is really what we would identify as excellent, if that makes sense. The tiers leading up to that have similar requirements in terms of being able to demonstrate good management practices, demonstrate carbon targets and reduction along those. The leading tier is really the one which is the net zero fully aligned level, I would say. And what sort of companies are at that level? In terms of companies we've worked with, so we've worked across multiple sectors to pilot the service offering and ranging from goods manufacturers all the way to professional services companies. And we've incorporated that feedback from the pilot stage in order to ensure that obviously the standard works and that it's useful and insightful and brings value to clients. We have had clients that have been successful and we've also had clients who haven't been in the sense that they've not managed to meet the requirements of some of the levels of the standard. But I think in both cases, the feedback has been that the process is really useful and that it's a really good way of identifying gaps or blind spots in terms of things that the companies should be looking at and should be thinking about and also forward looking. So having a clear roadmap ahead of um, what are the next steps. We will be doing our official launch of the Route to Net Zero Standard. We'll be able to share all the companies that we've been working with on that. You talked about the top tier. What's the middle tier? So the middle tier is the tier that we're calling the advancing tier that requires you to have science aligned targets and proving reductions year on year. It also requires you to have good carbon management practices as well. And um, so as you can see that there are subtle differences between the tiers. The differences do have quite a significant impact, even though they don't sound that different. I think also within the leading tier, we really have a focus on reviewing what's being done in scope three, whereas in the advancing tier, this is done at a more high level. And what sorts of companies or sectors tend to be at this sort of level? We do have a good representation of different sectors. As I mentioned, we are still in the pilot stage at the moment, but we do expect that the majority of companies, including a lot of our clients, will fall in this advancing tier. Clients who have already set science-based targets, who already measure their full value chain footprints, who are reducing their emissions year on year, but are now slowly transitioning into being able to set net zero targets. We have been waiting for net zero guidance in terms of specific sector pathways for a while. So that's what's delayed that process a little bit. We would expect the majority of companies at this stage in time to be either at the taking action, which is the first tier, or at the advancing tier. So tell me a bit more about the taking action tier then. What characterises companies at this stage? In the taking action tier, we're trying to encourage companies to move along their journey towards net zero. In this tier, we're looking at companies that have carbon targets in place already, that have measured their scope one and two and some key scope three categories and are also reducing emissions year on year as well. And again, we're looking for good carbon management practices as well. The difference here, obviously, is that we the science-based target at that level is not yet a requirement. That's why we've got the system of you must move along the tiers within you know certain certification cycles to encourage more businesses to move away from bottom-up targets towards more science-aligned targets from the advancing tier onwards. So companies 
when they sign up for this, they are committing themselves to moving up from the lower tier to the middle tier to the higher tier. That's a commitment they have to make. Yes, exactly. So we allow a certain amount of time for companies to be able to do that because also being able to showcase reductions also takes some time. But that is the idea that even companies who are just starting out, who haven't yet got a science-based target, they can start at that taking action tier and then move along to the advancing tier, which does require science-aligned targets and reductions, and then finally move on to the advancing tier, which is 1.5 degree aligned net zero targets and reductions as well. What sort of sectors are typically at the taking action tier? I don't think it's necessarily sector specific, the companies that would be at the taking action tier. I think it's just companies that maybe historically haven't really had a focus on sustainability. And that could be for a number of reasons. It could be due to the fact that they may have grown quite significantly in recent years. And so perhaps previously this wasn't a focus or perhaps they're in a sector where technology is lagging behind in terms of decarbonisation, or it might just not have been a business priority. And I think that is something that is changing because we do see, like I mentioned earlier, a lot more pressure on corporates to take action in this space and to engage. And it's something that consumers are increasingly asking for. But also we see it in the investor community as well. And you can really see that corporates are taking action through all sorts of voluntary carbon reporting initiatives. But also the science-based target initiative, it is a voluntary initiative. There has been such an uptake in that we can really see that the dial starting to move. Is there any requirement for transparency when companies take part in this programme? Do they have to publicly state where they are, which stage they're at, and are companies doing so? Absolutely. So you would need to disclose which level you are at. And we also have labels that companies can use in their communication and marketing, which actually state that the level that they will be at. So you can really see a company evolve through the standard and through the levels. Are you seeing companies being proud to say, well, actually, we're only at the taking action level? Is there still a sense that, well, yes, we're getting to grips with this. Here we are, but we admit that we're not yet at an advanced stage, but we're doing something about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the reason we called it the route to net zero standard is that it is a route, it is a journey. Net zero is not something that you can state to have achieved. It's a process. There's a lot of things that need to be put in place. It needs to be a focus for all parts of your business and engagement with your value chain as well. Absolutely, businesses do want to communicate that they're starting on their journey. And of course, when they've been on this journey for a while, they're they're absolutely keen to also be able to credibly communicate all the great steps that they've already taken. How should companies go about setting targets? So we recommend following the science-based target initiative programs, aligning targets to science. This is obviously always going to be our recommendation. Those are really the targets that are the most credible for corporates today and also have already been widely adopted across sectors and also across geographies. You can see on the SBTI website stats on companies that are showcased on there. This does cover almost a third of global GDP are companies that have signed up or already set science-based targets. So that would definitely be our recommendation. What about measuring progress? Obviously, it's very important. What are the keys to measuring progress against targets? 
Yeah, absolutely. Measuring progress is extremely important. This is what our standard is designed to do, is to validate the progress that companies have made. Having good systems in place in order to track all the data that you need in order to account for reductions, whether that be within your scope one and two or within your scope three. And also having a good awareness and plan of about the things that you are implementing and that you are going to be implementing in future so that you have a view of how your reductions should evolve. And if there are any discrepancies with what you're measuring and what you thought you would be able to achieve, being able to tweak that plan along the way is also really important. Whilst you're on this next year's journey, as you describe it, what are the key communication messages that help internally and externally? What are the things that companies typically you find are communicating about and in fact help them in their progress? A key message, and this goes for both internal and external purposes, is that collaboration is key. We're all in this together. We need all companies and we need all sectors and we need all geographies to do their bit. Even within a company itself, we need every employee to understand that they are playing a role in this and in achieving this goal. In our review for forward-looking planning in the Route to Net Zero Standards, a critical part of that is assessing in our qualitative assessment that we are really looking for signals of engagement and engagement initiatives internally and with the value chain without that element of collaboration and working together towards a common goal net zero will be very difficult to achieve let's think about some of the chances for different different scopes of emissions i know this is something we hear a lot about the scope one two and three emissions the direct indirect and supply chain emissions what are some specific challenges dealing with each of them so that's scope one For both scope one and two, so direct emissions within own operations, often it's a challenge for, for example, multinational corporations who may have lots of sites globally, lots of different countries where accounting may be different. The grids in those countries will have different makeups. Being able to purchase renewables or not will be different. Having access to good quality data and good quality emission factors can be a challenge. And also, it all comes back to collaboration and engagement, having teams internally who understand that this collecting good quality data and making this a business priority is critical to having accurate measurement and also measurement on which you can act. If you have really poor measurement to begin with, you can implement lots and lots of different reduction initiatives, but those may not be reflected in your numbers if you're not able to collect data at a level that allows you to see the progress. So I think that is the main challenge for scope one and two. With regards to scope three, this is linked to, again, collaboration between teams internally. So for example, with product design teams or procurement teams to really be making those sustainable choices to reduce emissions that are going to come from scope three, and then to implement initiatives and work with suppliers and collaborate with industry bodies to find solutions where decarbonisation is difficult. It all comes down to collaboration and commitment really to making progress a reality. Certainly in in scope three that we're really seeing some exciting changes now. Obviously it's the hardest part of putting together a net zero plan but there's a lot of interesting stuff being done now and certainly collaboration is, is ever more coming to the fore. So looking forward, Tiffany, what are the pointers that we should look out for across industry that necessary progress is actually happening? Change is happening. Progress is happening. It's really easy to get into a rut looking at the news. Everything's doom and gloom and the world is about to end. (laughs) 
So I think half the battle is getting everyone to work together towards the common goal. Just like when you set yourself a personal challenge, companies really have to be bold and believe that they can actually achieve their net zero goals put in place all the procedures and incentive programs, policies, etc., in order to ensure that they're really in the best position to succeed and help us move closer to a decarbonized world. In order to see as a consumer, are companies progressing and what are they doing? You can definitely see companies putting out more and more content around all the great programs that they're launching, etc. But there are a lot of also voluntary initiatives, uh, voluntary reporting initiatives, and also the, the science-based target is starting to do this, in which you can actually see the progress that companies are making. We have moved to an era of more transparency, which is critical because with that transparency also adds the layer of accountability and companies have been becoming a lot more accountable and we can really see progress being made across the board. It's nice to have some positive news and let's hope that the progress continues and that companies maintain the level and rate of change. But for now, Tiffany Aries from Carbon Trust, thanks very much.